Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 20. You don't realize is what you picked up from being in a narcissistic or abusive relationship and what, you know, things that triggered you to use or whatever. Um, the one thing that did lack was communications. And that's the one thing we told each other and told ourselves that in order for this relationship and this marriage to work is we had to two communicate. Things. Two things. Well, what's the other one? Trust. Trust, yeah. Hi, I'm Taylor Strickland. I'm a writer here with Locala Magazine. And today I'm being joined by Alicia and Tina Northcott. Uh, they're going to be part of our LGBTQ issue for the magazine. And we are here today to see their story. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. I hear you guys have a pretty interesting story about how you met. Yes. We do. <laughs> I've not heard it yet. Like, literally anything at all. all. The only thing Alicia's told me is that you guys met on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, did that, how did that happen? So, <laughs> so I met a... Um, I have a pretty decent amount of followers when she um, came across my TikTok page and she liked one of my videos. And um, so I was following her for a little while and I had like a little TikTok crush on her. So I pretty much manifested my wife. So I was like, she's going to comment. And she, she was like, that's going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And she had a comment, and I responded, and she was like, follow, um, get me on Facebook. I was like, listen, you have to video chat me because I don't want to catfish. Even though I had a whole bunch of videos on I TikTok. was just about to say, you saw her face. <laughs> you never know. People could steal people's videos. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And filters so and I things. Made her, I made her video chat me before I talked to her. So yeah. video chat her, and it was... From there, just sparks, but we try to do a little different than our past relationships because we had a lot of toxic, I had a lot of toxic relationships and then she had a lot of toxic relationships. So then we had um, our first date planned, which was a Tuesday or Thursday. Thursday, a Thursday. Well, that Wednesday night, I ended up being on the phone with her and my left side of my body went out. So I told her, I was like, you're not, I was in the hospital. I ended up having my first stroke. No. So she actually was not feeling good when we were video chatting. And she was like, my whole left side is numb, tingly. I said, I know you're not the type to go to the hospital, but you need to go to the hospital. And so she went to the hospital and I was like, message, you know, let me know what's going on. She messaged me saying that they're admitting her. And I was like, okay, because I told her, I said, you could be having a stroke. And lo and behold, she was having a stroke um, while she was on video chat with me. Wow. Has anything like that happened to you before? No. I have blood Percent? clots in my oh, family. And um, my, most of the women in my family have died from blood clots from one thing or another. Uh, my mom's the only living female left on her side of the family, um, except for her younger sister. Um and that's it. Wow. What did that do for the relationship? Because that's a serious thing. So we had this date planned Thursday. She was like, well, I know how to uh, ruin stuff. I said, who says you ruined anything? I said, which hospital are you at? She was like, you're not coming to see me. I said, you got me feeling vibes with you right now. And I want to make sure that this is real feelings. I said, so I'm going to come up to the hospital that you're at. 
So she was at North Florida, North Regional Florida um, Hospital in Gainesville. And uh, after work, or no, it was my day off, I went and got a Baby Yoda with a rainbow lantern. And, and spray perfume on it. Uh-huh, and spray perfume on it. And I made her tell, like, I told her, I was like, no matter what, I'm coming up there to spend time with you. And I waited about an hour in the waiting area until Arabic, because there was still COVID restrictions. And when it was time for me to go, I went up there, and it was about two, three hours we spent. Mm-hmm. And I was there the whole time when she was in the hospital. I ended up having two more. Afterwards. Wow. <coughs> That's terrible, but how romantic yeah. on your part. <laughs> what yeah. a romantic thing. Yeah. yeah. That is so sweet. You big fan of, what is it, The Mandalorian? She never watched it. What? I was like, what? <laughs> I hope you've watched it since. I watched it, but she's never watched it. And so I was a big fan of Baby Yoda. And it was just like, oh, who doesn't love? Star Wars movie? Yeah. Oh, like, my does? gosh. You don't even know. Well, <laughs> it was a wonderful gesture anyway. How how did that make you see Alicia after that? That was it for me. Wow. Like, I already knew. But we, like she was saying before, is we wanted to do things different. So we didn't want to just hop into a relationship. We wanted to actually get to know each other as friends first. Mm-hmm. Which, um, not just in LGBTQ, but, you know. Everyone. It, it moves fast. Yeah. You know, and it's everyone. Um, and we just, it, we still move rather fast, but we got we got to know each other, like, on a real, like, real level. It was level. organic, the way yeah. it happened. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. life-changing event, she shows up to help, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, those previous relationships... I know that's not the only thing you guys had in common. What else did you guys have in common? Recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, How do you approach? Did you guys know going in or? So for me, I started putting it out there that. Um, well, where I was living. Well, well, she was living too, but I was putting out there in um, TikTok that I've been sober for four and a half, five years. And um, my previous relationship was kind of rocky to where they were trying to get me to relapse and uh, after a couple other things I was like that's not the person for me and so what was the most important for me was the how to respect my boundaries of not drinking and when I asked her where she was living at she was living at a sober living house at the time and I was like great because we're on the same level as that. And then that's when she told me about her recovery. March will be four years. Four oh, congratulations. Years. Early congratulations. Thank you. And mm-hmm. it's been a year and I have almost two years of you sober. Um, from, yeah. When I, because when I met her, she, I'm in recovery from opiates. She's in recovery from alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I always said, like, oh, I'm not going to not have a beer again. Like, I'm going to play pool. And, you know, I like to play pool. So I'm going to have a beer. Well, when I met her and found out she was in recovery from alcohol, I thought I'd never have a drink again. Like, I knew, like, she was the one mm-hmm. before proposed, before the marriage, everything. I just knew. So I just never had a drink again. That was April hmm. last, not this past one, but about a year and a half. That's interesting. How do you know? Obviously, you came to this conclusion on your own because you care so much and respect Alicia. But Alicia, on your part, could you be with a partner that drank or is that something you have to negotiate? Something I had to negotiate. Yeah. Because I 
didn't realize until really being with her and because I never labeled myself as an alcoholic or I had an issue. And when um, I was going through during COVID was a lot of aha moments for me because that's when I actually officially came out as a lesbian. Yeah, I had a lot of inner homophobia. Um, So with that, I had, you know, thought what I wanted, but dealing, you know, after meeting her and talking about recovery and sobriety and stuff like that, it was just like, oh my gosh, I drank because, you know, after I stopped doing drugs, uh, you know, early age, I picked up drinking a lot harder and I was substituting for a lot of the trauma, a lot of mental illness, things like that that I was going through. So I kicked that up. And then even though I could handle my alcohol per se, I really wasn't. And I I was drinking out of um, fears, out of anxiety, depression. Also, when I thought I was straight and wanted to be with a man, um, that's when I figured I had to be, in order attracted to a man, had to be under an influence of some sort of alcohol, drugs, or something like that. So it was a lot. So, you know, dealing with other people and they had drinks, if they weren't excessive with it and it was occasional social, then I would have been fine with it. But when you're constantly drinking, that's an issue for me because it's a triggering thing. So Right. It's just a lifestyle that you're not part of and can't be part of. I understand. So... Your first, was this, has this been your first long-term relationship with a woman, Patina? Well, any living. She's living. Never I never lived with anybody, mm-hmm. man or woman. This is my first serious relationship in general. Oh, congratulations. What a victory for both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so during your recovery and then post-recovery, you guys were together and you were doing good and obviously a relationship has blossomed. And I know we spoke previously about how some people have pretty firm rules mm-hmm. about people getting together in recovery. How do you think that applies to your relationship or why do you think that doesn't apply to everyone? So our, we got together. Um, that conversation was about the first year. Mm-hmm. Her recovery is longer than mine, but I was already into my two and a half, uh, two and a half years of recovery um, when we got together. So um, we still like getting to know each other and learning new habits, which we're still trying to get through. But one thing is, we've never had a real argument. Had a couple disagreements where I put myself in the room because I don't want to have that first argument, you know. And we've never been to that level like ever. We talk, communicate about everything, and but you know, there's there's always gonna be. I I am a firm believer of once an addict, always an addict. Doesn't mean you're gonna go use because you're labeled as that. But I'm always an addict. I'm always gonna fight that. You know what I mean? So there's still even after that first year, we still have those demons or that monkey bat there on our back. You know what I mean? And it's just our, our recovery. Actually, I think. Being able to talk to each other through it without judgment. I think that's our foundation. Mm -hmm. It It, it helps us. Yeah. And the thing is, too, because we had toxic relationships in the past that we realized, we both realized we picked up toxic traits. And that's another thing that especially same-sex relationships um, you don't realize is what you picked up from being in a narcissistic or abusive 
relationship and what, you know, things that triggered you to use or whatever, um, the one thing that did lack was communications. And that's the one thing we told each other and told ourselves that in order for this relationship and this marriage to work is we had to communicate. Two things. What's the other one? Trust. Trust, yeah. So, and that's when you look back at your our previous relationships, there was no trust, no communication. Um, it was always one-sided. And that's the hardest thing, especially because you don't want to come to terms with yourself of, I picked up these traits and you're like, I don't have to change. But in actuality, you do have to change and you have to grow in order for any, any really, it doesn't matter if it's a friendship or a romantic relationship. You have to put boundaries and trust and communication. It's true. Now, Tito, your previous uh, relationships, were they similar to Alicia's in that they were just living a lifestyle you couldn't do? Or were they trying to sabotage you? There's a difference. Um, the last few relationships that I can remember that were the toxic ones were all in active addiction. Oh, I see. Um one of them has just passed away recently, so I'm not going to talk on that. But another one I just talked to today, I claim her daughter, seventeen, almost 17 years old. I still claim her. She came to live with us for a little while. Um, I'm, you know, she, drugs are toxic, and they will mess everything up. And some people, most people are still stuck in that addiction, and... It doesn't mean that, you know, we left on, on unspeaking terms or anything like that. It's just some people you just steer away from, you know, and just, you know. I understand. Hope that they don't, you know, not wake up tomorrow. And and when she got with me, that's one thing that she's never seen so much loss in her life as what I've still experience like it came to like three people a week for the first year that we were together three almost. to five people she was losing and I and only knew or was close to or family or loved and it's it's crazy and I've only lost one person to addiction um before I met her so I didn't know because I didn't put myself in that type of crowd. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, was lucky enough to realize that it, you know, it's out there, but I always thought it wasn't going to be, you know, around me. And then meeting her and seeing that side and seeing how many people that she's lost. And it's tough because it's like when, you know, first started talking and started dating and moved in, it's just like one after another, after another, after another. And it's just like... That's a profound thing to work a, a new partner through. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm hmm But since, now that we have the sadness behind, or most yes. of it, let's talk about the joy. When were we thinking marriage? How did the proposal go? <laughs> it, went, it went pretty quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... A little stereotypical. I mean, yeah. we said that we, we wanted to go slow. In our eyes, we still did. I mean, we didn't jump into the relationship. But when you know, you know. We yeah. did get to know each other as friends first for a few weeks. And we got together. But still, like, when you know, you know, we still gave ourselves that boundary. Well, then, May 30th, we made it official that we got together. 
I think it was July. I proposed to her July 11th. It also came after the fact that because um, it came up to rings and stuff, and I don't know how that came about. And I told her, oh, I don't need a big ring. Like, I'm not really. And I was never that little girl to have this picturesque wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, I never picture a wedding for myself because, honestly, I didn't never thought I was ever getting married because I didn't have good role models uh, for marriages. Um the one thing I wanted was like my grandparents, they were married, they married, um, stay married all the way until they both passed away. So I was like, that's the kind of marriage I want. And I didn't really care. Didn't know how, like care where to get it or how to go through it, like go to the Justice of the Peace, Vegas, whatever. But I didn't want to have a big wedding. And I told her, I don't care for an outlandish, crazy ring because I don't wear a lot of jewelry as is. So we got the silicone ones. Oh. <laughs> so she got a silicone. And I hit him in my bra. And I took <laughs> and I took her to I was like, baby, I wanna go take some pictures. Um we went to what's it called? Island Crystal River, Crystal River. um okay. Fort King Island yeah. Beach. Oh very in nice. In the sunset there's dolphins and I made my own I handmade my own little picnic and baskets and everything. I made her a photo album with all the pictures from when we met to that point. And I put on TikTok and I'm like, babe, put on TikTok. I want to share this or whatever. She put it as being just um, a picnic, like a surprise picnic, picnic, mm-hmm. a surprise date, because I never had anything like that. She was like, I want to go see the sunset. That's all she told me. I was she about was to like, ask, did you suspect? And then like, in my proposal, I was like, so it's on video, mind you. I was like, so I know we didn't, we said we didn't want to move fast, but. You want to marry me or what? How sweet. All yeah. this was captured on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, she wanted me to record it. And I was like, what the hell do you want me to record it for? And she's like, just record it. And I'm like, okay. And she came up with the photo album as a gift, as a gift because she surprised me with it. And, she, and I'm just like flipping through. I'm like, oh, because it's all the pictures that we were taking since the day that we met, like, She's a real picture person. I thought I was. No, she has me beat. So every point, like, we have to take pictures of something. And we have the pictures of the first day we met in person at the hospital. So she has, like, those pictures. And every time that we got to spend with each other, she has those pictures. The first outfit I wore out of, like, hospital clothing when I went home. And she was like, oh. That fell in love, more in love with her. Oh, that's so, I so good. put a picture of that in there and everything. It's good to have a picture taker. You will really appreciate it. Once you look, like, 20 years from now, you'll appreciate it. And you yeah. never know, you know, when you're going to lose someone. That's mm-hmm. true. And I've always been like that before all this also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what well, my next question was going to be. How did friends and family react to the relationship in the whirlwind marriage and all of that. Immediate I don't think, love. I don't think they were surprised. Oh, really? Yeah, my mom... Um, well, neither one of us ever been married. And no. still our families weren't surprised. They just knew. Yeah. Like, we knew. Because everybody kind of knew because, like, seeing us in pictures and stuff like that, like, all we kept getting is, like, you guys are smiling so much. You guys are so happy. You guys are perfect to each other. They, da, 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 da. they always tell her how much they've never seen me smile so much. Um, they, she has a nickname, Tina's Baddie. <laughs> um, and then, like, her family's the same. Like, we've never seen her smile so much. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's people still make these comments 
on our on our lives like oh how great yeah. yeah and you know not when we talk about lgbtq stories i feel like in the past a lot of times we talk about trauma and yeah not acceptance and right. i don't really want that to be the focus of your story but was there any issues at all with that was everyone cool no everybody no, loved us everybody because i mean for me so for me i and looking back at it, I've always been, like, when people say, you know, you're born with it, like, you are. Because I look back at um, younger years, and I'm, like, having crushes on girls. But then, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was, I didn't have a role model. So, and I was never around anybody gay. And um, so I didn't know and I grew up with a Japanese grandmother and it was just like one of those things of you know if they were still alive that those would be the people that would be against it same here but when I was in my teens that's when I did the whole bisexual thing but I was still needing to be with a man because you know psychologically because society puts it in your head that you have to be with a you know a man and a woman mm -hmm. And when it became COVID, and I was like, why am I not having successful relationships? Like, what is it that I'm not having successful relationships? And that's when I had to come to terms with myself because I had major inner homophobia. And that's the thing that people don't realize. Like, inner homophobia is a ma major thing because you got your family, friends, society sitting there saying that, like, you know, this is wrong or this is right, blah, blah, blah. And... I finally came to terms and I started watching TikToks of like women coming out at a later age and like finally happy being themselves. And then when I came to terms with that and I went before her, I talked to, you know, two other um, women and just wasn't hitting it. But with her, it's just like the p the final fitting piece of my puzzle. And she's just like me, but a little bit different. Going back to that, I lied. Um, okay. Before I met her, coming out as um, when I came out, it was an accident. First of all, <laughs> my stepmom was um, she was Catholic, and my father was um, kind of like a biker kind of guy. I mean, not kind of, he was. And at the time, I had a girlfriend, and. But my father was partially racist, so my stepmom jokingly one day was like, well, what if her girlfriend is of a different color? And I was like, yeah, she is, and I told on myself. And they were both not very happy at all. I mean, they, they grew over the over the years, but they're both passed away now, but um, I had only been come out right before my stepmom died. And she she came to love me, like, for who I was. And then my dad, it took him a couple of years. But he I just lost him almost six years ago. But, yeah. So you guys are kind of trailblazers in your family. Role models so. yourselves. Do you think of yourselves that way? Because I know you have the TikTok, and then you also have a Facebook support group, which we'll talk about in a minute. But do you think about yourself that way? Not yeah. really. No, no. You don't. I think maybe you might I have like to start fact, thinking about it. I like the fact that we're 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 trying to help other people mm -hmm. and um, show people that you can do things in life and and have sober fun and do. We always put sober fun and our fun adventures on our Facebook or TikTok alone. But my family, I don't know. I know that they love who I've become, and 
I don't know about trailblazing, but it is something to think she's, about. She's gotten relationships back in her family that she lost because of addiction. But yeah. now, and I think a lot of people, me, I'll just be me. Like, I'm straight. <laughs> I'm straightforward. Tell her how it is. I don't sugarcoat anything. And I'm, you know, sensitive to energies and things like that. And I, I just don't care. And I'm more of a loner. And like when the, you know, earlier when you were saying about marriage and stuff, like I never, like I thought I was going to be all by myself with my fur babies. And she now came. they all wear matching outfits with us. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you guys matched today. Yes. yes. It was very nice. We're that older couple that likes to match. With our fur babies too. It's With very cute. Mm-hmm. If only we could have the fur babies in the room. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so your Facebook live, what was the impetus for that? How did you guys even come up with that? So I was going through really bad um, depression spell and I was on the verge of like thinking about relapsing really bad and all I kept thinking about was alcohol and I was like I need something like I need something and I I don't I was watching like some TikToks and then I was scrolling through Facebook and I had um I'm also in another group to where you're kind of a stand-in family member and I for the LGBTQ for the LGBTQ and I have one, you know, it's like my sibling, um, they, you know, I messaged them. I was like, what do you think about if I were to start my own Facebook group of recovery? Cause they're in recovery as well. And they're like, that would be awesome. I'm like, would you be down to like join? You're like, yeah, as like, I'm going to write out an objective and I'm going to talk to Tina about it and then see what she thinks. And then, you know, possibly come out with it possibly not so it actually started up because I was on the verge of relapse and so I wrote out an objective and mind you I never write out anything because I hate writing out feelings and stuff because I see it and that's when I knew I was serious about that because I actually wrote the objective what I wanted how I would want to see from an outsider I read it to her, and she was like, that's awesome. Like, I love it. Yeah, most definitely. And I put it together in one day and made a post about it in Facebook. And she started friend requests, like, sending out to her friends that are in recovery. And um, we they come in on our lives, too, and they'll, like, join our live and, and be on screen with us and just mm-hmm. kind of explain their story or just what they went through today or yesterday, you know? And so we did our first live, and now we're making it to at least one day a week. We're going to try to do two days a week um, just to come on live just so people can share their story or hear other people, listen to us. Um, The thing is, is I named it What's Your Recovery because... What is your recovery? And people don't think about that. Like, I never thought about my recovery. What is my recovery? And she never thought about it like that either. And it changes your reason. Your reason changes day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And, you know, you can just like how your feelings for your depression and stuff like that, it changes. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, when those things and when people come and 
join our live and I'm like, what's your recovery? Every week we'll ask again, you know, if it's the same, cool. If it's not, you know, what is it? Mm -hmm. And so people are like, oh my God, I never thought about it that way. And so we have people from self-harm, drugs, alcohol, um, eating, um, people who are, um, you know, family and friends of addicts, but never been in addiction themselves. Like my mom joined the live ones. Yeah. And so her mom joining it helped give that other side of from the people who are affected too, but never did it themselves. And they need some sort of safe space as well, because it's like, how can I? And it also helps them see from an addict's point of view of this. We're not doing this because to hurt you, this is the real deal. This is the reason why. And so they get a better understanding of a person. And then, you know, being in the LGBTQ community, it really just helps because you got like minded people. Mm-hmm. And so that casts the net a lot wider. Mm-hmm. And for th- some people are unfamiliar with uh, Facebook and Facebook Live. So, you know, a live is a video stream that you can hop on and you guys respond to people. Yes. Uh, but the people who are in your group, both uh, people affected or close to addicts and the addicts themselves, yes. uh, when they interact with one another, do you guys make sure that you maintain, like, respectful space? Always, they can't, always. You know, no one can insult each other. No. Because I know no. some people who feel like they've been victimized by people who struggle with addiction. Sometimes yes. they come in and they can be angry. Right. And this is where I put in the objective part of this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. This is positivity only. No war stories. No war stories. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, nothing to bring you down. No woe is me because we're infamous for being woe is me and putting, you know, blame on everybody else. And we don't tolerate that. And, you know, from a Buddhist aspect, it's about ownership of yourself and you have to take ownership with your own life. So it's just one of those sayings of that. That's what I made sure the part of the objective, that's what it is. And if we see anything Luckily, we haven't had anything like that. Everybody's respectful. Everybody's on the same page. So, you know, we keep it at a really nice flow, positive, happy energy. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if you did have a bad day, you know, tell us about it. You know, just don't be negative with other people kind of thing. Right. And as we, we spoke um, off of off camera, right. that... You don't want it to be like an AA meeting. You don't mm. want it to be this sterile meeting where we right. come in and you guys hold each other accountable. It's more like a check-in. Right. Yes. And it's really nothing against the AA or NA community. It's right. just we want if people who don't feel comfortable in those meetings, we want them to have a comfortable, safe space. Um, we also we accept any anybody's can go on there. But um, people who are in maintenance programs who take a medication to help them stay sober for people who don't know. Um, they're, they're welcome, too. In a lot of areas, they're not welcome. And so we want them to feel welcome. And it's just, you know, we want to show people that are in addiction and that are thinking of... Um, and the sad thing is, is a lot of the LGBTQ community, they are heavily in addiction um, because that's the only they see that's their only outlet from reality um, that, 
we do recovery. We can recover and we can stay in recovery for a long time. Um, and it is possible. So we're that group that shows that there's another way and another outlet to do it and be on the right path and keep a healthy life and everything like that. And so that's just how it came about. How wonderful. What are your plans for the future? For the group and for yourselves. So to get stronger with um, our relationship and our marriage um, and our recovery, but also um, for the group, I want to be able, I don't want to call them meetings. I want to do meetups. Like I want to eventually be able to sober fun. have sober fun, show that, you know, have, because that's a hard thing is once you get sober and clean, you lose so many friends because they feel that, that you're not fun enough anymore and that you don't know how to have fun. Yeah, I still like to go dancing. I like to go, you know, to the bars, but I don't have to drink. But, you know, people who are not in that community don't realize that. So making a, a be able to have meetups to have sober fun, go bowling, do whatever. And, you know, do activities together, but in a sober living, like a sober way of life. And know that we don't need substance to be able to come out and be ourselves and have fun. So How wonderful. I see it as if, if we can help one person um, a day, a week, whatever, that one person is going to help another person and they can start a train of just helping people and they will eventually get around the states and around the world like help will just transfer down mm -hmm. and I want to be able to have like different you know meetup groups in different states to where that way you know what's your recovery groups of you know let's meet up here if you're in this area let's meet up here or if you're over here let's do this you know mm -hmm. and just so people can have that outlet Wow, thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing your story and your aspirations for the future. Now, your recovery group, what's it called again? What's Your Recovery. What's Your Recovery on Facebook. How would they find you? Do they just like a page? Yep, they just like it and it'll let us know. And then mm -hmm. um, just we have, you know, opening thing to introduce yourself, put a picture, um, and kind of just tell us a little bit about it yourself so we can get to know each other and jump on our lives whenever we have it. And then also, um, you know, if you're having like a rough day or you want, you know, need something, you could post in there and or message us, message us. And then we have an anonymous button as well to where if you don't feel that you want to share something because you don't want because it is public, you don't want people to see you can post it anonymously, but you put your thoughts out there. So you might be able to help somebody or get the help that you need. So. Wow, that is great. To anyone watching, be sure to check out Alicia and Tina on their Facebook Live. It seems like they're doing a lot of really good work over there. And now that we are at their end, I would like to thank you all for joining us today. Once again, I am Taylor Strickland. I am a writer at Locala Magazine. You can read this story and more on our website at localamag.com. Our links will be in the description. Thank you all again. And remember... This is Locala Podcast, where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.